welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pareca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, welcome to the Peaceful Ease podcast. I'm Mario Pareca. I'm here with Ela Crane. And thank you so much, everyone who's been sending us messages, corresponding with us. We're having so much fun with everyone as all these episodes. Again, you can find us, peacefulease.com. And you can also correspond with us at hello at peacefulease.com. That's the email address. And one of the things we want to talk about today, or the thing that Ela brought up to me that I think is so interesting, is her take on how investing in our weaknesses is what really leads to growth. And I find it so interesting because I'm the kind of person who always likes to say double down on your strengths because I think that if you take something you're already good at and get better at it, you can get really elite in that area. But after she explained it to me, I totally get it. And that's why I want to really dive into this because She's made me a believer. I was someone who always said, you know, ignore your weak. If if you're weak in this area, find someone else who's strong in that and partner with them. And in business, I still think that that's a sound principle. But as far as personal growth and what we're talking about and growing as a person and as a being, I think that she's absolutely right. You need to really focus in on your weaknesses so you get more growth. And I'm going to let her talk about that because in about what, oh, I'd say 45 seconds, she changed my perception. So, Ela, you're a master. Go ahead and please explain to all of us. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Mario. And I agree with your approach that, you know, if you're in business and, for example, you're not good at sales, yeah, get a salesperson. But remember, you can at least try it. You know, you can at least go into that zone of discomfort because that's where growth is. And also it will help you appreciate the role of the salesperson because it's hard and it's really difficult to do things that we are not good at and we don't want to do that we want to do the things we are good at because it kind of makes us feel good and we gain confidence and then we become experts and we are appreciated and stuff but what i realized again this is the coming back to balance of it investing in your weaknesses is like a nuclear weapon. It's so powerful. And it, this idea came from a very unexpected place. A couple of years ago, maybe six, seven years ago, I attended my first, I did a yoga class, my first Bikram yoga class. And I'd never done yoga before. And at the end of the class, the teacher came and said, I really like your practice. And I was like, what practice? Like, I've never done yoga before. And she couldn't believe it. She was like, wow, you know, you're so focused, so good at this. And I really like that comment. So I started to go again and again. I went there and I almost, I was like doing yoga five times a week. And I did that for one and a half years. And people started to confuse me with teachers, like saying, when are you teaching? I'm like, I'm not a teacher. 
<laughs> and it feels great to do something that you can easily do it in a way that's great. You know, you're just like so effortless. But then I realized that every strength comes with a weakness. And my weakness was that I was very flexible, but not so strong. And I started to have like lower back issues and stuff. I went to a physiotherapist who said, you are too flexible. I've never heard of that before. I, I haven't either. We talked about this. <laughs> I've never heard someone say you're too flexible for yoga. Usually, it's <laughs> yeah. always it's the other way. <laughs> I think the problem was like I was too flexible and not strong enough. So to hold that structure together, you still need muscle strength. And I was strong, but I was really, I am very flexible, I think, just naturally. And he recommended me weightlifting. And I'm like, what? You know, I'm just like into this yoga practice. I love it. The meditation and weightlifting was like completely opposite of that. And I went to a gym nearby and there were men, you know, just huffing and puffing and lifting weights. And I'm like, where am I? This is completely out of my comfort zone. And I was terrible at it. I just couldn't lift anything, you know. <laughs> and then I realized, okay, this is what I need to do because I'm so terrible at it. Here is my opportunity to grow, basically. And then I enrolled, I hired a personal trainer and started to work out. And it was fascinating because there is a different level of satisfaction in becoming good at something that you were terrible so even though I was very good at yoga, it was so little effort for me to become good at it. But with weightlifting, I had to work hard. And with yoga, if I didn't do yoga for a month or two, I was still great. But with weightlifting, if I stopped for two months, I was back to the beginning. So it, it didn't pay off that much. But that's where the kind of growth came from. And today I would say I still have that innate flexibility. I love yoga and I I do it every morning, even if it's just half an hour, I stretch. It helps me with my meditation posture and just in general when I sit, I feel like I carry my body with a sense of grace and that comes from yoga. But I also do my strength training because that's my weakness. And I have to keep an eye on that because as soon as I let that slip, it just goes down. And again, this brings us back to balance, which we covered in episode one, I think. And I was just going to say that's such a great point because when it comes to balance, right, you have to have both parts relatively equal. They don't have to be completely equal, but enough that it keeps a balance because even in other areas, you used a great example there with yoga, flexibility, and strength training. But in other areas, when we get to the point where our strengths become so strong that our weaknesses begin to hold them back, then you need to go back and create that balance again because the balance is off. It's like being on a seesaw. Absolutely. And you have someone on one side who is like a bodybuilder and then you have like a newborn baby on the other side. It's just unbalanced. <laughs> it's not going to work real well, right? It's not going to be fun. You have to have a, a more equal balance. So when you get your strength so strong that it's that bodybuilder, but your weakness is the newborn baby, you're going to have to put some pounds on that baby to get that. You don't want to put weakness on the other side, but you need to strengthen that weakness to make them match so they balance more. Yeah, very well said, Mario. And the seesaw example is spot on because balance is like that. It needs constant adjustment. 
So it's like seesaw. One side goes up, the other side goes down and vice versa. So it's not like you get it perfectly aligned and balanced and it just continues that way. So as I started to enjoy strength training, I did less yoga and then I hit the pendulum kind of went the other way and I hit a point where sitting for meditation was painful because I wasn't as flexible and I sit long hours every day. So it was very painful. And then I went back to my physiotherapist said, ah, you just took it too literally. So find a midpoint. Yeah. And I think that that's so key in a lot of things in life is that midpoint, finding that midpoint. And, you know, the way that I talk about being centered a lot is that I think part of my, and I'll use this as an example, part of my success in life and success in the endeavors that I've strived to succeed in have been because I have the innate ability to be equal parts extremely focused on what I want to achieve and on that outcome I desire, but at the same time, be completely open to all the possibilities around me as I'm on that journey. And so because I'm pulling at both ends, so to speak, one side being completely open to opportunity and possibility, the other side being completely focused, it kind of pushes me to the center. And that's what I call being centered, is the fact that I can go after it and put out the energy so the universe knows that I want it and I'm going for it. And then it starts to bring up other things along the way that may be in the same realm, on the same path, but end up being even better. And that's how synchronicity happens. And that's how you end up in a better position than you even imagined when you first started whatever endeavor you aim to achieve. Yeah. And one thing that really changed a lot in my life was this perception of midway. So, you know, I studied brain sciences at University College London. And around the same time, I was introduced to meditation uh, in a monastery I went to. And since then, I've been meditating. And since then, I've been studying Tibetan Buddhism and Eastern philosophy. And one thing that puzzled me back then was that the idea of midway, because in the West, we are tuned to think black or white. In fact, we always think with or, good or bad, tall or short, sooner or later, fast or slow. It's just everything is this binary way of thinking. Whereas in Eastern philosophy, it's and. There's no or, there's and. It's good and bad. It depends on which way you look at it. It's tall and short. It depends who's looking at it. So that really changed a lot. I had to kind of, I got to see my life from a different perspective with this way of thinking. Because nothing is just pure angelic or evil or good or bad. Everything is a little bit both. And it's the same with weakness and strength. Your weakness can be the biggest opportunity to grow and your strength can turn out to be your weakness. That's profound. It's so funny because that example you used with yoga, is that's exactly what it is because you were so good at something and you took it so far that it actually ended up being your weakness in the end. So then you had to go back and do something else to get it back to that point of strength. You had to swing that seesaw back the other direction. 
And I still do. It's still an adjustment. You know, it's, it's funny because as soon as I started to enjoy strength training, I made that into my strength. And again, I did it to a level that it became my weakness. So it's so hard. It's such a fine, delicate balance to keep things in that midpoint. But it's hard and easy. Yeah. Again, it's hard and easy because you can just do it intuitively by adjusting. Yeah, very well said. I love that because especially here in the U.S., people give you these options and they're like, do you want this or that? Or would you rather have this or that? And my answer to all of that has always been, well, can I just have both? And, <laughs> and people are like, I, I never thought of it that way. Or no, you can't. You have to pick one or whatever. But it's like, yeah, I love that. The word or can get in the way a lot, either or. Yeah. And then when going back to what we talked about on the last episode about judgments, when it's either or, if it's good or bad, right or wrong, left or right, black or white, up or down, it's a judgment because it's neither of those things. It's not good yep. or bad. It's not right or wrong. It just is. It's the perception we give it, and that goes back to the judgment. So if you can do the inner work so that your judgments, you're not judging yourself, then you won't be judging that. Then you can see the possibilities because that's what and gives you possibilities, right? Or cuts off possibility because you have to pick one. And gives you a possibility. It gives you options. And so when you can do that and you get rid of that judgment and you see the and and you have possibilities, now there's it creates opportunity for so much growth and so much contribution and so many other things that aren't possible if you're stuck in the or mindset. And you can have as many ands you want. But like you said, or is there's only one or. You have to choose one. Right. And I think a great exercise a lot of the times is to try to find the and. Like if you look at that and you say, oh, that's bad. Well, ask yourself, well, how can it also be good? Right. If you say, oh, that's, I don't know, that person's tall. Well, how can they also be short? Because they're not either, right? It's not either or. They are both. But if you can see it from both angles, then that opens your mind to different possibilities. And then how will that show up in other areas of your life once you begin to think that way? And once you begin to intuitively incorporate that into your patterns and behaviors? So today's exercise comes from you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I, I've just made that up on the spot. Yeah, but great. <laughs> I do like to, no, I do like to think of that, all of those different things, because that philosophy, that principle of it just is. It's not like the same people can live like in the same place, like our next door neighbor lives right next door to us. We can go outside at the very same time on the same day. The weather's the same for both of us. I can say, wow, it's a beautiful sunny day. It's gorgeous out. And the neighbor may say, oh, it's so hot. I'm sweating so much. It's so humid. It's so terrible. Well, it's not either of those things. It's just sunny. It's the way that we perceive it and look at it. And so if you can train yourself to see it from both ways, it gives you more options of how you want to react to it. So even when you see something and say, oh, that's tall, well, how else could it be short? And then it just opens you up to other ways of thinking. Absolutely. And I think if we look back and think of our lives, we will see so many examples of this, like things that we wanted to happen and that didn't happen. But then we are grateful for it now. It's amazing. It just takes some time, some patience to realize that everything is happening. It's happening for a reason and it's the best option for us. It's the best option for us as a whole. I think yeah. too is the other way of looking at it. So it's for us and for us as a whole, because we all impact each other. 
even if you don't know it, something someone else is doing right now impacts you in some way, shape, or form. And it happens all the time. Nothing we ever do or nothing we ever accomplish, I think, is the sole property of ourselves. I mean, so much had to happen for us to even be here having this conversation. So, I mean, and that wasn't just our doing. I mean, it was we were open to possibilities. We made decisions and things happen, and it just brings it together. But I think that, you know, knowing that and realizing that and living, operating from that place is a very powerful way to be. And use the and, not the or. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're in a boat, then use the or because you got to get to where you got to (laughs) go. Yeah, so we can leave here with the exercise you mentioned and you can actually look back in your life and find three things that happened in the way you didn't want it to happen, yet you are grateful for it today. And just that pattern will show you the possibility of things happening in your life, the things that you don't want them to happen or vice versa, the things you wish they happened but are not happening. And probably you will be grateful for some of those things in the future. So you can just relax. Absolutely. Ela, thank you so much. It's always so much fun. I always have such great perspectives. I can't wait to go play the and or game, other (laughs) things that pop up. And I want to remind people to check us out at peacefulease.com where they can find more about Ela and the show and everything that she does. And keep those messages coming. Hello at peacefulease.com is where you can write in and have a conversation with Ela. Send us topics, ideas, things that you would like Ela's take on on the show here. So keep them coming. We enjoy seeing them and it's just so much fun. So Ela, thank you so much and we'll talk soon. Thank you, Mario. And thank you for everyone who's listening. Absolutely. And for Ela Crane, I'm Mario Pareca. We'll talk to you next time very soon on the Peaceful Ease podcast. Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Ela, you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself.